Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Good morning. Great to see everyone once again here at North Main Street Church of God. Amen? What a joy to be with you. You guys are awesome. I love all of you, and you can't do a thing about it. I was told not to drop this mic. This is a very expensive microphone. If I drop the mic, I'm just going to go out those doors and never come back again because this is an expensive mic. So pray that I do not drop the mic. But I love all of you. It's a joy to be in your presence once again. I take what I do serious. You take what you're doing with the Lord serious as well. Amen? It's an honor. It's a joy. It's a treat. It's a privilege. It's a thrill uh, to be back here once again with you. I always enjoy coming. I know some of you don't like me. I know some of you think I have a lot of issues, which I do. Uh, some of you say I need a haircut and, uh, and other things. So just, you know, keep praying for me. But uh, I, I thank God for all of you, those watching live stream. Good morning to you. Trust you're doing well. I thank God for Pastor Brandon Linhart, his spirit, his passion, his work ethic, his sense of humor, uh, his good looks. Uh, so give, give, give a hand to Pastor Brandon this morning. He's probably watching, and, uh, but, but what a joy. How many are thankful to know Jesus? Come on. How many are thankful you're saved? I'm thankful I'm saved, born again, heaven-bound, clothed in my right mind, which I know that part's debatable. But aren't you thankful that you're here in his midst? He loves you. He's with you. He cares. He's on the throne. He's got you. He's got this. So I want to encourage you before we go any further, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, however you feel, it's all good because God's with you. You've made it this far. You're breathing. You've got a family. You've got a church. You've got a job. You're looking for a job. God's going to help you. It doesn't matter what's going on. He's with us. He cares. He's faithful. To God be the glory for the great things that he's done, is doing, and will continue to do. Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bible, Psalms 37.4, and I've got my water here with ice in it, so thank you. I'm not as good as Pastor Brandon and all of these other preachers that memorize their messages, and I can't do all that, so I've got to have notes in front of me. Um, so here we go. Psalms 37.4, and I've entitled the sermon, What Are You Delighting In? What are you delighting in? That's a really good question, and we'll get to what that really means and what that looks like. But the question from the get-go is, what are you delighting in? Now in the, the bulletin, they gave you that green sheet of paper, and there's a number of verses before and after that you can look at later. But I just want to dive right into Psalms 37 and verse 4 because this is one of those verses that I've always loved to read because I thought it meant something that really it doesn't mean. Anybody know a scripture that you love, but there's always more to it? 
but you just like the way it sounds. But I love this one. You know it by memory probably. We'll say it together. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hey, that's a no-brainer. Bring it on, God. That sounds great. Sign me up. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What I always thought that meant, those here this morning, those watching live stream, I always thought that meant go to church, put your hands up, sing a couple songs, give God a tip, and God will give you all the things you want. That sounds awesome. How many know it's much more than that? How many know God's not about giving you everything that you want? Because how many know that everything that you want, you don't need? I know that having three teenagers. But let's look at it again. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I, I did my homework, and I looked up the definition of what it means to delight. Here it is. To delight means to please someone greatly or to take pleasure in. Stop there, all eyeballs here. How many know that it's all about taking pleasure in him? It's all about desiring to please him greatly. Not you, not me, not others. Uh, it's, it's not about that. But I want to, I don't know about you, but I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to be all about him. I want to please him greatly. I want to take pleasure in him. So guess what? When you delight, when you take pleasure in him, when you desire to please him greatly, everything changes, including your desires. You don't, you're not thinking about things and stuff. When you take pleasure in him, when your very existence is to please him, to bless him, you, in other words, your, your goals change, your mindset changes, your agenda changes, your very reason for existence changes when you want to please him greatly. And when you take pleasure in him, he gives you the desires of your heart. And by golly, your desires, guess what? They become more of him. Eternal things, spiritual things, heavenly things. You can clap. That's good. To delight ourselves in the Lord, listen, is to be captivated by his beauty and wonder, to make him the cornerstone of your hope. When you delight yourself in the Lord, listen, and when you take pleasure in the things that are on God's heart, you discover that they become the joy of your heart. See, you want what he wants. You want to go where he goes. You want to say what he says. You want to think the way he says things. Your, your, your feet, your hands, your heart, your mind, all that we are is about him, his agenda, his purposes, his plan. You know, this life is short. All that we do here, yes, it's important, but it's all about there. The reality is many of us delight in the wrong things. Now, I'm all about sports. I'm all about the beach. I just got back from the beach. How many know it's hard to come back to reality? Pray for me. We just got back. This is my first gig. But many of us, if we not, are not careful, we delight, we take pleasure, and we desire to please greatly the wrong things. We can have fun, we can enjoy ourselves, but how many know there's a lot of idolatry in our world today? There's a lot of idolatry going on in our, in our hearts and in this world that we live in. We, there's a balance. I mean, I'm all about sports. 
We were at the beach, and my son Grant, who's 6'4", 15, just turned 16, mind you, sorry, on the 20th of July, thank you. Did he watch the draft? Of course he did. NBA, you know, but my point is, you know, if we got as excited about the things of God like we do sports and entertainment and other activities. You understand what I'm saying. This isn't rocket science. If we, if we desire to please greatly and, and, and take pleasure in the things of God and his word and his will in ways like we do other things, we'd all be in better shape. Can you say amen? And really the truth is, and I'll start with me, we have to ask God to forgive us. We have, and, and, and here's a good word, repent, which means to turn, which means to change, which means to say, I'm sorry, I've messed up, God help me. But we all need to repent of maybe making things more important than they should and delighting ourselves in the wrong things a little too much. Taking delight in the Lord, listen, means that our hearts truly find fulfillment in him, not what he can do for you. But in who he is, and how many know that's what the Christian life is? It's not a matter of what God can do for you. It's a matter of who he is. So understand something. Delighting yourself in the Lord is finding fulfillment in him, not anything he does for you. How many know he did all that he can do? He did all that he needed to do, and that's give his very life for you on the cross. Come on, praise God. I read of a man who had an overnight guest, and he said, if there's anything you need, let me know, and I'll show you how to get along without it. See, we don't need more stuff. We don't need more things. Solomon said it well in Ecclesiastes 1-2. Everything is meaningless. 1 Timothy 6-6 says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So in the next few moments, I'm going to give you five principles to delight in. Number one, jot it down if you'd like on the back of the green sheet. Those watching live stream, Pastor Brandon, we love you, brother, if you're up and watching. But delight in his excellence. Come on. Delight, take pleasure in his excellence. Aren't you thankful this morning that everything that God does is perfect? It's right on. His ways, his timing, his plans, his creativity, his beauty, his ability, his timing. We need to take delight in a God who does everything amazing, incredible, and awesome. And we tend to use those words for other things. God's amazing. God's awesome. God's incredible. Yeah, I'm taking my father-in-law this Friday to Burger Hut. Where? Main Street. You know why? Because that burger's good. Is it five guys? No, but it's still good. Burger Hut this Friday. But God is awesome. God's amazing. God's incredible. God saved us, not a burger. Take delight in his excellence. Aren't you thankful for his ways, his abilities, his patience, his love, his grace? When you delight in the excellence of God, you come to understand that he's all that you'll ever need and he's all that you'll ever want. When you read the Bible, when you look at stories in Scripture, it's absolutely amazing. Our world can never satisfy us. But yet at the same time, God will provide above and beyond the Bible says, Jesus told the woman at the well, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Jesus is the only one that can satisfy us. So number one this morning, take delight in his excellence. You know what your job as a Christian is? Is to brag on God. Show God off. Those at work, those in school, those in ministry, those that you live near, your neighbors and friends, your job is to show the Lord off. Brag on God. Talk about his excellence. You don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to be a, a counselor. Just talk about the Lord, man. Give a scripture. Let people know that you're able to make it because of God, his goodness, and his love. And may I remind you this morning, talk about his excellence. All that God does is amazing. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Look at me. Brag on the Lord. Show the Lord off. We're like a paper boy, man. Uh, Paper, paper. Read all about it. We've got good news. Brag on the Lord. Psalms 8 verse 9. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Isaiah 12, 5. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. So number one this morning, those watching live stream, brag on the Lord, exalt his name, take delight in his excellence. All that he does is amazing. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Secondly, not only are we to to delight in his excellence. Come on. Secondly, delight in his love. Now, I got three kids and a wife, and they don't travel with me. They used to. Every now and then they come, but it's a lot to bring a family anywhere. Um, We just got back from the beach six and a half hours, so that was, you know, we made it back. Nobody died. But a number of months ago, I was in Niagara Falls. I was in Buffalo preaching, and I, I travel all over. So I was in Buffalo, and my wife said, we want to go. We want to take the kids to Niagara Falls. They've never been. I've been in Niagara Falls. My wife's been in Niagara Falls. No big deal. And so I said, really, you guys want to go? And I tried to talk them out of it. They said, no, we want to go. So here we go. So it's a three-hour trip. I just drove that in the morning. Got up at 5. We left at 6. We were in Buffalo at 9 o'clock at a Dollar General. My wife said, what time does the service start? I said, 10. It was 9 o'clock. I said, God help us. Somebody's definitely going to die. Because when you have kids in a car with nowhere to go for an hour, something's going to go bad. So I told the kids, sleep, talk to yourself, take a walk, come back in an hour. <laughs> it's just so there we were. We went to Niagara Falls. We went to the church, had the service. He took us out. We got, we got to get wings. When you go to Buffalo, you got to get wings. That's what they did. So my son killed it. Grant loves wings. And my whole family had a great time. Pizza wings. So after the service, we uh, went to Niagara Falls. I've been to Niagara Falls many times. My wife's been there. Just a little FYI. It's not all that. But if you enjoy getting wet, go. Don't even bother to get the made of the mist because as soon as you get there, you're going to get wet from the mist blowing everywhere. Anyway, but I tried not to spend 10 bucks on a parking ticket, but they're on to you. So I drove around. I eventually had to pay the 10 bucks. I said, kids, let's go. I mean, I just drove three hours, preached, had wings. I'm ready to go home and go to sleep. They want to go to Niagara Falls. Okay, so this is going to be the sh- shortest trip ever. Uh, 20 minutes, 
Beginning to end, we, we parked. I said, kids, go over. They were doing their Snapchat and TikTok and taking pictures and videos. And I said, okay, let's go. And they were not listening. Of course not, because that's what they do. So I'm standing there yelling at everybody. And I look out at the water. And I've been there many times. And I just said, my gosh, look at this water. No wonder it's one of the marvels of the world. It's still one of the biggest attractions for honeymooners. I'm looking at the water going over the falls. I'm thinking, where does this water come from? Who's in charge of this operation? Can it stop? Is there a turnoff valve? Uh, where does it go to? Where's it coming from? I, I, when you think about the electricity that it generates in Canada as well as the states and upstate New York and the state of New York for that matter. And so... And I, I just, I'm looking and I'm baffled. And, I'm th and then I thought to myself, this is God's love, man. This is God's love. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. I don't deserve it. It doesn't make sense. It's powerful. It's crazy. It's over the top. It's amazing. I, I, I just, and, and it just keeps coming. It doesn't shut off. There's no turn off valve. Nobody's in charge of it. It just, I can't explain it. His love. You see, you're here today in this service hearing my voice because God loves you. That's it. He didn't kick you to the curb. He didn't just beat you up. He just loved you when you didn't love him. He answered your prayers when you didn't care about him. He loved you when you were in the midst of your sin and you were mocking his very existence. He kept loving you. He kept being faithful to you. We just sang that, those songs that talk about his love. He just kept loving you over the years, did he not? That's why you're here today. And God used people to get to you. And God used circumstances to get to you. And some, a tragedy to get to you. But it was still his love in the midst of all of it that brought you to a place where you now know him. That's so much he loves you and cares about your soul. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Somebody once put it this way, Christ died not because of, but in spite of. Romans 2, 4 says, God's kindness leads you to repentance. Aren't you thankful that he's been kind to you? He's been loving to you. You can't beat love. You can't run from love. You can't fight love. Ephesians 3, 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp, here it is, how wide, long, high, and deep is the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Come on, say amen to that. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now the word delight means to please greatly or to take pleasure in. What does it say there? It says he takes great delight in you. Guess what? FYI, when you love God, you honor God, you're serving God and following God, he'll delight in you. He'll brag on you. He'll show you off. God's like a, a grandmother with a big old wallet with pictures. 
God will delight in you. And I love what it says. He will quiet you with his love. Even Richard Rockine, that's my name, he'll quiet me with his love. Some of the people this morning, when they saw me, they said, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. No, they, they were nice. They said, man, you got some energy. <laughs> I said, sorry. Sorry. I just, I, I apologize to people. He will quiet you with his love. And I love this. He will rejoice over you with singing. How many have read that one before? Don't you love that verse? He will rejoice over you with singing. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. So number one this morning, delight, which means to take pleasure in or to please greatly his excellence. Number two, we delight in his love. Number three, we delight, listen now, in his presence. I also found out that the Hebrew word for delight means to find enjoyment in God. Stop there. Isn't that what being a Christian is? Finding enjoyment? When's the last time you enjoyed the Lord? Not doing stuff, not cranking up the music, though I'm a drummer, good job, worship team and the drummer, but just enjoy the Lord. How many know God wants you to enjoy him? James 4, 8, help me out. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. we got to make the first move. But he wants to get to know you. He wants to hang with you. He wants you to enjoy who he is and what he's got to tell you. Through the fellowship of believers, through the prayer time and reading of his word, or just listening, just be still and know that I am God. You know, one of the things I learned how to do over the lockdown and how many know it's been a crazy year? In fact, I'll never forget last year, it was March 15th, the lockdown was just getting ready to go into full effect where nobody could go anywhere. I was in Poughkeepsie, New York. The pastor said, come on out, I guess. We'll see what happens. There was no coffee. There was no fellowship. People were doing, you know, elbows and knees and very weird, very different. You know, I'm, I'm going in for the hug. And, but so there was just, it was a good church, good church and a good crowd. I mean, it's normally a good crowd, but it's a smaller crowd. As you can imagine, it's a church of maybe 300 people. There was maybe 100 there. Nobody knew what to think. But what was, what was crazy about that weekend, because after that, three months, we didn't go anywhere, as nobody did. Uh, but, I, uh, but the pastor took me out to the Olive Garden for lunch, and get this, there was no line. We, we went right in, man. We didn't have that thing that lights up. You know, we just went right in, breadsticks, salad. Nobody was out. But over the quarantine, over the three-month lockdown, I learned how to text. I just learned it. My wife and kids and dog were all on my case. Dad, you've got to learn how to do this. So I said, I'm doing it. So thank you, Lord. And I learned how to do it. Isn't that great? I also learned how to use the GPS and talk to Siri. But I was more excited about the texting. But when I first learned how to text, I was texting people. And if you want me to text you, give me your number. I'll text you. I love it. I, like, I got like a zillion contacts. I don't even know who half these people are. <laughs> That's why. What's up? But when I first started texting, I would text, 
And then my wife would come by 20 minutes later, and she would say, what are you doing? I said, I'm still texting. She'd be like, the same person? I'm like, yes. I'm like, how's it going? You know, just all kinds of details. She said, honey, honey, no, no, no. People don't text that much. It's just little things like, hey, we'll see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock. I'm texting, how's your family? How's everything going? And then I was signing it. She said, honey, this isn't a letter. They, 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 it's just a little bit of information, and they already know it's you. And so after I learned how to text, I've been texting my family when I'm out on the road, and they text me, and we call each other. But wouldn't it be stupid if I waited till I got home to correspond with my loved ones? Wouldn't it be crazy if my family never reached out to me until I got home from a road trip because I was dumb or too busy? That's the way we are with God. God wants to talk to you. God wants you to talk to him. You think Jesus was a busy guy? Probably. He had some stuff on the calendar. Well, Jesus, it said, often withdrew from people, left the crowd, left sometimes some busy, important things to spend time with his Father. And the Bible even says that he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Jesus delighted himself in his own Father and endured the cross. He said, I seek not my will, but the one who, but, 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 but my will was his daily desire, but to serve him and to please the one who sent me. So guess what? Delight in his excellence. Delight in his love. Delight in his presence. God wants to talk to you, and he wants you to talk to him. Here's a little quiz. Are you ready? Does God want to hear from you, or does he want you to hear from him? What do you think is more important? It's a little trivia real quick. Does God, is God more wanting to hear from you or you to hear from him? Now, it's a trick question because there really isn't a right answer. Does God want to hear from you or does he want you to hear from him? Both are important. Are you with me? But for someone that's ADHD, I have a problem listening. So I know for me, God doesn't want me to be yapping anymore. God wants me to learn how to bring it down and listen more. Anybody identify with what I'm saying? But what's important is that we do both. We commune. We hang out. We fellowship. We talk to him. He talks to us. He reveals things, shares things, shows us things. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You have made known to me the path of life. He's made known to us. He's made known to us the path of life. It says, you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. But we don't experience his joy. We don't experience some of the best, the blessings and the benefits of God if we're not willing to bring it down and listen and be still and relax and breathe and lock ourselves in. Enjoy, delight in his presence. Exodus 33, 14 says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Somebody just bought me a shirt. It says, Being awake is overrated. Because I love to sleep. And I enjoy rest. Anybody like to rest? God will give you rest. Not just physically, but emotionally, mentally. We're, we're, we're learning in the series about peace. He'll give you peace. Rest and peace, Yes. So watch this. Delight in his excellence. Show God off. Come on, say amen. Those watching, show the Lord off. Brag on God. Secondly, delight in his love. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. I don't deserve it. But that doesn't mean I can't accept his love and share his love with others. Amen. Thirdly, delight in his presence. 
Enjoy the Lord. Number four, delight in his help. How many are thankful that God's out to help you? How many are thank God? How many are thankful to God that he's helped you so far to make it? Anybody like Walmart? Any Walmart fans? No, maybe. Favorite five stores. Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Five Below, which isn't Five Below anymore. I got upset about that and talked to the manager. That's a different story. <laughs> Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Five Below, Walmart and Aldi's. You don't need anything else. You don't need any other store. That's it. But a couple months ago, I went to Walmart and I was by myself, which is really cool to be anywhere by myself. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, self, I talked to myself. I'm at Walmart and I'm like, you know what? I'm a Christian. I'm a minister. I'm ordained. Not that that matters and nobody cares. The only thing about being ordained means I have to pay more money to the district to be an ordained minister, which is I should have just been licensed cheaper. But So here, I'm at, here I am at Walmart, and I'm thinking, I'm going to do the self-checkout. I'm going to do the self-checkout. My wife always does it. My kids always do it. I played store as a kid. How hard can it be? <laughs> I watched them do it. So there I am at Walmart. I'm an ordained minister. I'm a Christian. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. If God is for me, who can be against me? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I'm just quoting scriptures. So here I am at Walmart. And the first thing you have to understand about me with Walmart is every time I go to Walmart, I always get a cart with a wheel that's got an attitude. So I've always got a cart. I've always got a cart that's just working, particularly on the right side. It's normally the right front right wheel. So the cart is like possessed. And then by the time I get into the store, I've already committed too far to turn back. People are watching me now. So I've got this. I've got to do it. So here I am at Walmart, and I'm quoting scriptures, and I'm like, I'm by myself. How hard can it be? I watch my kids do it. I'm going to the self-checkout. So I'm on it, man. I've, this is the day. So I get over there, and I told the lady, I said, look. She's got the spray bottle. You know, it's COVID, and we're just, she's working it in the towel and the rag. And I've, I've seen all the layout. Come on in. They wave to you. Okay, over here. Okay. And my, my heart's going. My heart's going. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The cart stopped because I'm there. And I said to the lady, I said, don't go far. I'm going to jack this up. I know it's going to go Left. I said, don't go far. Sure enough, as soon as I touched it, boop, she had to come over and put a key in and turn something. And then I started slowly. Breathe, breathe, breathe. You got this. You got this. Just like you saw your kids do it. Just like you, you get the barcode. Boop, bam. Boop, bam. Boop, bam. I, I got into it. I was into it. I felt like I owned the store. I forgot, I forgot where I was. Boop. Bam. I was bagging everything orderly and methodically, and just, it was nobody bothering me. And I just, boop. And then about a half an hour later, <laughs> I looked back, and there was a whole lot of people. They're like, let's go. And I looked at the lady. I said, I need your help, because I still had produce. That's another three years of college. I had to Ask God for help. Look at me. I just talked to someone yesterday 
who's going through a divorce. I've been doing ministry a long time. Would you ask God to help you today with your marriage, with your kids, your finances, your job, your relationships, your depression, your fear, your discouragement, your anxiety, those watching, you're going through things? I don't know God's there to help you. God wants to help you. He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Many of you today wish you would have asked God to help you a long time ago. How many with a raise of a hand? Put it up. My hand's going up. I wish I would have asked God for help a long time ago. He's there to help you. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians 1.6, I'm confident of this very thing that he who began the good work in you and me will bring it unto completion until the day of Christ. Let God help you. Hebrews 13, 6, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalms 54, 4, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Isn't that a great word, sustain? It means to keep, uplift, hold. Psalms 121, verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then lastly, Delight in his mercy and compassion. So number one, we delight in his excellence. Secondly, we delight in what? His love. Thirdly, we delight in his presence. Number four, we take delight in a God who helps us. And then lastly, delight in his mercy and compassion. I looked up the definition for mercy. It says forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is, it, is, it is within one's power to punish or harm. So what is mercy? It's the fact that God gave you the opposite of what you deserved and had coming. He pardoned you. He let you off the hook. He took your place. He redeemed you. He reconciled you. He made things right by taking your place on the cross. So mercy means he gave you what you did not deserve. He gave you a second chance. He gave you forgiveness. We all deserve hell, death, eternal damnation, and judgment. But because of his mercy and compassion, he pardons you. He justifies you just as if you never did wrong. What a beautiful reality. Compassion means concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. So because God showed you mercy and gave you the opposite of what you deserve, and he's shown you compassion, which means he cares about you and your future and your eternal destiny, he gave you a break. Isaiah 118, this is the only thing I like about snow, is this scripture. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. That's the only thing I like about snow. And aren't you thankful that he makes our sins white as snow? And the prophet Isaiah was talking about the children of Israel and how they had rebelled against God, their idolatry, their ungodly ways. They were guilty on all accounts. He called them abroad of evildoers, depraved children, a people 
weighed down with iniquity, describe them as being sick from the soles of their feet to the top of their heads. That's our society today. Nothing's changed. We still are a mess. We still have issues. We still need God. We still need washing, a renewing, a cleansing, forgiveness. An inner cleansing of the heart and the mind is what the Lord desires from all of us. When you get right with God, you don't say, well, if I'm wrong or if I made a mistake. No, the only way you can get saved is by saying, I'm guilty, I'm wanted, I'm flawed, I've been tainted, I've messed up. And God can come when you have a broken and contrite and humble heart. You can't come to God proud. You can't ask for help to try to act like you're doing God a favor. He's doing you a favor. God is righteous and holy. We need to acknowledge our sin, recognize our guilt, renounce our ways, and repent, and recognize that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Lamentations 3.22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Psalms 103, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on us. And then lastly, Psalms 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are, are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Would you stand this morning? If our worship team would come, those watching, It's been a great time, great worship. I tried to do the best I could up here preaching. So what's this look like for you? I mean, where are you at in all this? Are you taking delight in the Lord like you do other things? What does the Bible say? He's a jealous God, you know that. And you know what that means? That means that he wants you. He wants your heart, your mind, your money, your attention. He wants all of it because it's his anyway, mind you. And he made you and created you and gave you breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Not just with our words, but our lifestyle. He's a jealous God. And you know what? God knows that only he can satisfy you. So he's trying to save you some trouble. Delight in him. Are you delighting in the Lord? Are you delighting in him? Brag on the Lord. Talk about God. You don't need to be a preacher. Just let people at your job know that God has gotten you this far. Let people at school know God will get you through because he's getting me through. Just little bits, little things. Paul plants Apollos waters, but the Lord brings the increase. Brag on God. Let people know that your life's about him. Do it. Secondly, delight in his love. Thank God he loves you. Don't take that for granted. Be thankful. Every day when your feet hit the ground, say, God, thank you for loving me. Not always my behavior, not always my attitude, not always what I do, but I know you love me. And embrace that love. And guess what? Share that love with other people. Thirdly, delight in his presence. When's the last time you just were with the Lord Nothing more, nothing less. Just you and God, man. You'd be amazed at what can happen. You'd be amazed at what can take place. 
How many know God can accomplish in two minutes any kind of medication you can get at any kind of medical, you know, line at Walmart or something? God can do great things. And he does do great things because he's great and he can't help but do awesome. Delight in what? His help. Let God help you. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, medical news, your family's not doing well, you got kids in jail. In fact, some of you were here a couple weeks ago when I was with Teen Challenge. I'm leaving Monday afternoon to drive uh, to Brayton, uh, to uh, Brighton, New Jersey. One of our staff died, and I mentioned it to you, and his funeral was at 11 o'clock in New Jersey on Tuesday. And pray for me, because it's going to be hard, and his family will be there. We lost someone, an, a staff at Teen Challenge. Went out and got heroin and died. Very sad. I've got a 13-year-old daughter that we'll be seeing when I, when I go there. But let God help you with whatever you're facing. And then the last thing, delight in what? His mercy. Are you right with God today? Are you living right? If you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? People say, oh, no, 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 no. If there's ever a time to not think you could die today, it's, it's now. With all the craziness that's going on, your life is not guaranteed. The next few moments are not guaranteed. How many are with me on this? You need to know where you're going to go. If you don't know Jesus, those watching, accept him in your heart. Ask Christ to come into your life. He'll do it. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll wash you. He'll give you a new leech on life. He'll give you a whole new reason for existence. It does happen, but you've got to mean it in your heart. It's not hard. It's very easy, actually. We make it complicated. Jesus said, come. Jesus said, call. Jesus said, wait. Jesus said, be still. Jesus said, confess. He, just simple, basic thing. He'll, he'll, he'll love on you today, and he'll do the rest, and your life could be changed forever. I don't know where you're at with him, but you can ask him in right now, just right here. Say, God, come into my life. Would you pray with me? And that will conclude our service. If you want prayer, you can come right down here. We can pray for you, pray for your family, pray for healing in your body, pray for direction, pray for needs that you have, finances, relationships, pray for your kids. Doesn't matter. The altars are certainly open. But I actually enjoyed the, the, the lockdown in the sense that when I got out preaching again, I mentioned that the altar is not coming forward. You know where the altar is? Right where you're standing. It's your heart. So you don't need to come up here, but you do need to make a decision at the place of your heart, right there where you're standing, because that's, that's the call you need to make, is your life and what you're doing. So this is, there's nothing special about this. You can do it where you're at. You've heard the message. You've heard the, the call. I've done what I can. I'm stepping out of the way. We're going to close in prayer. The altars are open. The worship team will play. Come on, would you put your hands up with me? Father, I thank you today that you love us. I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice, those watching, that we would not leave here without knowing you as our Savior. I pray for one person who may need to pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. I've messed up. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got a lot of issues going on, but God, I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you suffered on the cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you into my heart. I don't even understand it. But I'm going to ask you to come in right now to my life and forgive me. If that's you, you say that prayer right now and ask Christ into your heart. You can leave here changed. 
You can leave here born again. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life and set me free. I need your love in my life, and I need you to come in and take over. Those watching, just say that prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I don't deserve it, but just like that water in Niagara Falls, it just keeps coming. So, Lord, I surrender to you. I can't fight you anymore, God. You're too big for me. I can't fight your love, so I give in to you. Come on, if that's you, in Jesus' name, your life will never be the same from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. God bless you all. The worship team is going to play. If you want to come up and talk to me or some of the some of the team here, I know is trained to pray, some of the leadership. So if you want prayer, you come as well. But God bless everyone. By the way, there is a table over there, some literature. Uh, you can help us out with a donation, pictures of my family and other people that I've had the privilege of meeting over the years in ministry. So that's out here to the cafe area. God bless everyone. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.